all in for New Zealand and beyond. So today, before you leave or as you leave, why don't you, you know, pay for at least one friend, someone, just one person that you can, if we all did this in this service and the next, hey, we're going to be pretty close to the 5,000 in every session. That's all we have to do. Each one of us, one ticket. And if you can't afford the ticket, come and see me. We'll pay for it. All right? So we'll, we'll take care. If you can find the friend, we'll help you to get that sorted out. So, hey, that's all we can say. We'd love you to do it. It would be fantastic. Don't forget the um, uh, half night of prayer. It's on the 24th of November. All right? It's not the 18th. It's the 24th. And the leaders' meeting's the 28th. So tonight, uh, we are... Well, it's going to be an interesting service tonight. It's a bit different, but the, the theme really of it is it's, it's called Move. Move, because everything right now is about move, shift. Get out of the comfort zone, do something, maybe become an intern. If you've not looked at one of these forms, grab one, uh, fill it in with all that God's doing in our church. We need a lot of help. Believe me, if you can help us with that, maybe that's your new track is to be an intern. But that's tonight is about, about this whole area of... Um, of uh, moving, shifting, getting out of the comfort zone. Because as you get out of the boat, what God has been saying to all of us, you're going to walk on water. You're going to experience God in ways you never dreamed you would experience in your life. And uh, we have a special guest singer coming tonight who's got out of their comfort zone to minister. This person is blind. And just somehow God's got them out of the boat and telling me, they're walking on water. You will be blessed as a minister to us tonight. Sam and uh, Adrian heard this person sing recently. They were so good. That's why we invited them to come along tonight. But it will just be a, you know, it's, it's easy to hear about getting out. You come from, but when you see it, it just does something in your heart. And that could be the moment that moves you into what God has planned and purposed for your life in the future, the wonderful uh, future that he has for you. And there'll be other testimonies as well. But then there's going to be a focus on encounter and having a moment with God. So we're going to make time in the service. You know, in these morning services, they're pretty rushed in some ways. Two services, got to get through them. But, and it's a lot about information. But tonight we're going to make time through music, through worship, for transformation, for encounter, for a moment with God that can change your life forever. You know, God can, uh, you know, restore your first love. He can set you on fire. You can hear his voice and, uh, you know, and that can move you into what God has for you. It is time to move for all of us. It's time to shift because God has so much more for every person in this world. Don't exclude yourself because you are included in that. So come with faith tonight. Come expected. Come there that, you know, God will do something in your heart and in your life that will really change your life moving forward. You know, one word from God can break open the wonderful things that God has for your life. Just one word from Him, one moment with God can change everything in your life forever. Okay, this morning we're going live to uh, a number of campuses, which we'll introduce to you <clears throat> very shortly. Well, good morning, everybody. It's, uh, I've been across to... Uh, Yesterday, I was in Ratnapa, just we flew into Palmerston North and then uh, drove up to, uh, to Ratnapa, speaking there to hundreds of Maori folk. It was a, a terrific time. Uh, they seemed to embrace us and appreciate what we had to share. We had some declarations, and uh, that, I tell you, they know how to make declarations. <laughs> 
There's a warrior spirit. When they, when they declare, they go, and you know, we're almost shaking, let alone the powers of darkness. So you know, it's just another door of influence that God has opened for us to reach New Zealand. You know, to see revival in this land, I believe that the people of the land will be an important part of it. So I can just see, you know, it all fits with the New Zealand and Beyond Conference. God's putting the jigsaw puzzle pits and pieces together and opening doors for us so that together we can reach this nation. I want to welcome in this morning Church Unlimited and Whangarei in our city campus and also Rotorua. Great to have you join us today. As a church, we are called to reach New Zealand and the nations. And so this morning is somewhat like a state of the nation address. So you might say, well, that should be the prime minister. Well, I think I am the prime minister, actually, in the spirit realm, okay? So we, we can give a, uh, a state of the nation address, but let's just pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence, and we welcome you here today. Lord, would you speak to us? God, we know one word from your mouth, one word from heaven, will just transform us, will change us forever, will move us forward into all that you have for us as individuals, but also as a church. So Holy Spirit, would you mantle your servant, Lord, to minister by your spirit Lord, not the words of man, but the words of God, because we know, Father, the flesh profits nothing, but the words that you speak are spirit, and they are life. Father, let every person under the sound of my voice encounter you in some way this morning before they leave the building. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Christianity, including all that's Catholics, uh, these are not all born again, approximately 2.2 billion adherents around the world, 31.5% of the population. Islam is 1.6 billion, 22.3%. Non-religious, secular, agnostic, or atheist are 1.1 billion, that's 15.4%. Hindu, 1 billion, 13.9%. Other religions, 10.8%. Out of 200 nations, they listed them in order of being non-religious or secular. Out of the 200 nations, New Zealand is now one of the most non-religious nations in the world. The most non-religious is North Korea, followed by Estonia, Netherlands, the Czech Republic. And New Zealand ranked 20th out of 200 nations as being most non-religious and secular. What was worse is that New Zealand is the number one or the first English-speaking nation as being non-religious and secular. So of all English-speaking nations in the world, we are number one as the most secular and non-religious. We are in serious trouble, church. Does that stir anybody up, by the way? Does that bother anyone? I mean, I'm sure it does. Like, my goodness. I was staggered when I heard that. I didn't realize it was quite that bad. Last week, we heard of the move to, and it's most likely going to happen, all references to Jesus Christ in the parliamentary prayer. In a moment. Out. 
for getting rid of all references to the Queen, and maybe next on the agenda, I don't know, is to change our national anthem, which has in it the words, God defend New Zealand. And we need God to defend our nation. They said about New Zealand, I read, in the 1950s in New Zealand, people forgot God. In the 60s, they forgot God's laws. In the 70s, they made up new gods. And in the 80s, they made up new laws. Wow, what a drift. All in my lifetime, by the way, folks. Well, most of it, a lot of it in your lifetime as well. What do you get when you create a nation or a world without God? It's known as hell. Hell on earth. Man has created his own hell on earth. You know, the scriptures say that the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth he has entrusted to the sons of men. God gave mankind the earth to run. Wow. We've done a pretty bad job, folks. Because we've rejected the God of the earth. This is why New Zealand Beyond is so important and why I carry an unquenchable zeal. Because the destiny of a nation hangs in the balance. Something must be done to turn this tide. We cannot, we must not, we will not stand by and watch this nation drift further and further into the abyss. Because your Children and grandchildren are at stake. Fight for them. Fight with everything you've got. Fight with all your might. Fight with every ounce of strength that God would give you. So you and I are mandated by God and entrusted with this extraordinary call to change the trajectory of this nation and turn it back to God. Entrusted with it. We must be faithful to what God has placed upon this church unlimited all across this nation. I feel like Jeremiah in Jeremiah 20 verse 9 when he says, I will not make mention of him for me of New Zealand and beyond, nor speak any more in his name or speak any more about New Zealand and beyond, but his word was in my heart like a burning fire. Shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back. I could not. I could not, folks. See, God's placed this upon the church. He's placed it upon me. Not just something I went looking for, not something you went looking for. God's mandated with us. To change the future of this nation. And we will get the job done. Yeah, 
So we need to shift the atmosphere over this nation. There needs to come a surge of incredible faith-filled prayer. Because every revival can be traced to a revival of prayer. That's why we are champions of prayer. New Zealand and beyond is a champion of prayer. Let's start a revival of prayer in New Zealand. It starts with you and with me. 2013, a census, 41.9% of the New Zealand population said they are non-religious. United Kingdom was 37.9%. Canada was 23.9%. A high proportion of non-religious people is a distinctive feature now of New Zealand. There's a graph coming up there that shows you the increase of no religion in New Zealand. Year by year, it's just people are turning away from Christ, turning away from Christianity, turning away from religion altogether. The next graph, proportional decline of Christianity in New Zealand from 1966 to 2013. They say 1% disaffiliation, turning away from Christianity every year. We're just going down the gurgler, folks. It's got to be stopped. The tide must be arrested. It must be arrested and turn it around so that graph faces the other way and starts climbing with more and more people believing in Christ. So this is just for my fascination. The next bit is to turn New Zealand back to God. We need new tracks. We need a bigger, faster train. So the lights are going to go down. I'm going to show you a train and make you excited about what we are going to be moving forward. Thanks, team. She's a big train, baby. Watch her go. You're one of those carriages. This train is going to change New Zealand. This train will impact the nations of the world. It's a big train. There you go. <laughs> that was just for me, all right. <laughs> I just couldn't get, get it away from it. But the reason I showed you that is when I was praying the other day and I was thinking about Church Unlimited becoming a, a bigger, faster train, something just burst inside me. And I thought, oh, wow. A bigger, faster train means a bigger, faster you. You're going to get bigger, you're going to get faster in doing the work of God and doing the, the will of God. The result will be 10 times growth in 10 years. Recent prophetic word, 2 Kings 6 verse 1, if you probably didn't hear it in the campuses last week, but it was this, the sons of the prophet said to Elisha, see now the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. The speaker said that the West Auditorium where we're speaking from today, will soon be too small for us. He said soon, services will be packed out, people will be lining up at the door. Every campus, I want you to receive that word. Your building will be too small. I hope there's some cheering. I hope so. there's some clapping going on. Receive the word of the Lord. I don't believe it's only for the West Campus. It's for all across our nation and the nations. 
Last week, I was at a gathering of key apostolic leaders in Queenstown. We were in Queenstown, but there was the leaders all from around New Zealand. And uh, I think I've been on about six flights in the last nine days or something like that, just traversing the country, which is great. Well, it's not great. I hate it. But anyway, I have to do it. But at this gathering of about 20 key apostolic leaders, out of nowhere, a person has a, with a prophetic gift uh, gave a prophecy in front of everyone else. It's the only one given the whole time, which really just blew us away to Adrian and myself. And basically they said, for Church Unlimited, there's a second wind coming. Hoist the sail and don't worry about the expenditure of energy. Folks, there's a second wind coming. Get ready for it. God is going to move powerfully by His Spirit. So Kaitaia, there's a second wind coming. Whangarei, there's a second wind coming. City campus, there's a second wind coming. West, we know there's a second wind coming. Rotorua, there's a second wind coming. Sydney, even though you're not listening, there's a second wind coming. Tuvalu, there's a second wind coming. Hoist the sail. Hoist the sail. And don't worry about the expenditure of energy. So that means don't say you're too busy for this or too tired. Just get in there, hoist the sail, and let's go. Then there's another word that came there, but not publicly. And they said the supply lines which have been capped will now be uncapped or released. And you'll see amazing things that you've never seen before. You know, the new track that I think God's speaking to all of us about is that God's now going to release many of you, if not all of you, into greater achievement and ministry and anointing than ever before. But the condition is you've got to get out of the boat. As Peter did, when you do, you will walk on water and see God do some tremendous things through your life that you never thought would happen. Watch as God now mobilizes his whole body here in church and limit the seeds of greatness that are in all of you are going to begin to bear fruit. It's time to step into your destiny. Now is the time to do that. I would say to you, do not waste one more day. Don't have one more day as a couch potato or a boat potato or whatever you want. Get out and get going. It's time to move. It's time to shift. If you're feeling, I don't feel a move, I don't feel a shift, come tonight and we will shift you. We will move you or the Spirit of God will do that for you. State of the nation. The New Zealand has an aging population. Percentage of people over 65 years is increasing, and those under 15 years is decreasing. A couple of graphs. There we go. So you look on the left-hand side. That's 19, 1981. You see how there's a big block there at the ages, you know, 10, 20, 25, and then, then it decreases. It's all changed. It's all changed. So basically from zero to almost 55, 60, there's almost similar numbers of people in our nation. So it's no longer, hey, it's all the youth, children and the youth. No, no, it's every age group. And that is going to increase more and more. That, the top part's going to go out further and further as people live longer and longer, as there's less and less kids and more and more people getting aged. The top five countries, we'll come back a bit to that shortly, Top five countries for migration in New Zealand, 2001 to 2016, in order, were India. (laughs) Thank you for that wonderful response to that. China, Philippines, United Kingdom, South Africa. 
And many of them come with a Christian faith. And that strengthens the church of New Zealand. Seriously, if they weren't coming in, our statistics would be even worse. After English, the most commonly spoken languages, <laughs> there'll be a shout on this one, I'm sure. Samoan? Oh, there's not many Samoans here today. All right, that's good. Hindi? Mandarin. Isn't that amazing, isn't it? <laughs> that was fantastic. So despite the falling numbers of Europeans, Pakiha has still the largest number of unchurched people in our country. It is said it's, it's said to be one of the toughest groups in the Western world to bring to Christ. Wow, our poor nation. It's so sad. They say you can go on a preaching trip in developing countries, and uh, you know thousands are going to respond. You can preach your heart out amidst New Zealand European and hardly get a response. We need God to breathe upon our nation, upon New Zealand and beyond so we can change these statistics. I'd like to be giving another state of a nation address in two year, a year's time, two years' time, with completely different statistics. We can do it, church. Come on, campuses, we can do this. Come and join us, New Zealand and beyond. That's the vehicle God has given us. New surveys, now listen to this, are showing that the probability of deconversion or losing your faith decreases during the lifespan. In other words, the older a person gets, the less likely they'll turn away from Jesus. Well, that's good news, isn't it? But listen to this. The probability of conversion, becoming a Christian, now increases as a person gets older. So maybe exclude children who respond very easily, but the older now people get, the probability of conversion is now increasing, which is, which is wonderful. And so older white New Zealanders in particular are a major harvest field because there's so many of them, masses of them, and they are opening up to the gospel of Jesus Christ in a tremendous way. There's a lady in our church just told me yesterday, the day before, that their son-in-law, son-in-law's brother, died suddenly in his sleep, 66 years old. You never know when the number's up, do you? Totally unexpected, living on Waitaheke on an alternative lifestyle. The family told them and said, we don't know about dad. He's been listening to that Tark Barna. He's brought a Bible and he's got religion. You know, at the end of my TV program, there's always a sinner's prayer. And I would suggest he gave his life to Christ. I don't fully know, but I suggest that that happened. There we are. There is a white New Zealander, 66 years of old. This is a harvest field, folks. This is a harvest field, which means uh, all of you older people, come on, get out of the boat. Get out of the boat, start walking on water, because God has got a harvest field for you to reach of that 50 to 120 age group, and uh, you're the right people to do that. You know, we've always thought, let's focus on the, the kids and the children and all that. Yeah, we'll focus on them, but there's another harvest field that's opening up now, and that's why the older folk in the church of Jesus Christ across the nation are a vital group for the body of Christ that's going to help turn this nation back to Jesus. Uh, 
It's not long ago that we saw a a 90-something-year-old give their life to Christ for the very first time. A few weeks later, then another person was in their 90s also gave their life to Christ. One was a New Zealand uh, European as well. I think one was from another nation. So friends, this age group, let's not start thinking it's all in the younger age group. It's right across the board. Hey, everyone needs to get to heaven. So one reason we're a non-religious secular nation is because we are very independent. We're very self-sufficient. We're we're self-reliant. We're pioneers. We can conquer Mount Everest. We can win the America's Cup. We're you know champion All Blacks. Uh, uh, I was going to say champion Kiwis, but I won't say that. Champion All Blacks, and uh, you know, but we can do it. And so there's this really we we don't need God. We don't need someone to tell us how to live our lives. We know how to live our lives. And also the social political environment is mostly liberal and permissive and often anti-God. So what's happening is evangelical and Pentecostal churches are working hard to renew themselves because they're realizing what's going on in the nation. And so what they're doing is they're they're engaging more in their communities to help reach a lost world. Most declining liberal churches are not being evangelistic. So for every campus from Kaitaia to Tuvalu, it's time to engage more in our community to reach out to those who don't know Christ that are just on our doorstep and bring that harvest in. We can't just stay inside the four walls. So how are we going to reach our families, our friends? How are we going to reach our nation? Well, here's a new track I want to talk about for a few minutes today. I believe we need to develop a culture of invite. Matthew 9, 37, 38, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. In other words, the harvest is ready. The harvest is ready. It's clear, isn't it? It's it's not ready, it's plentiful. There's another verse that says the the fields are white unto harvest. They're just ready to come in. But the laborers are few. There's the problem. The laborers. Therefore, I want to encourage you, pray the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers into its harvest. I want to get you to pray that, but then become the answer to your prayer. And become the laborer in the harvest. Now maybe the, you might think, well, I don't know about sharing Christ and all the rest of it. Well, why don't you just go bring it down to an easier level and just invite people to church, to youth, to kids, you know, to a small group. You know, it, it, that will be, may take you getting out of your comfort zone. But I really want you to start thinking about this across campuses. I think a culture of invite is so, so important. You know, bring a friend To Jesus, bring a friend to church. Bring a friend to New Zealand and beyond. Hey, just bring a friend (laughs) anywhere. So you might say, well, I haven't done that for years. Well, that's why it's time to get out of the comfort zone. Time to get out of the comfort zone. Why don't you just think right now, who's that one person that you could either invite to church or to a small group or youth or or invite to New Zealand and beyond? Or just who's that one person? Because I'll tell you what's going to happen. Once you start, once you start, you get momentum. See, why don't we, why don't we witness? Because we don't want to get out of our comfort zone. I'm like that. We're all like that. So God has said, but once you start, it becomes easier and easier and easier. And then it becomes an addiction. And you can't stop inviting people or sharing Christ with people. But it's almost like the devil will do everything that we don't take that first step, that one little step. So 
why don't just send someone a text today? Use Pastor Sam's phone if you're too embarrassed. <laughs> and they won't know it's you, all right? And just say, hey, we'd love to see you in church tomorrow. Whatever you, you do it. Campuses, are you hearing us? Just think, one person. Who's that one person? If someone comes to your mind, write it down. When Jody got us to pray before, someone's name came to my mind. Someone I went to with university with 10 years ago when I was there. <laughs> Their name just came to mind. I thought, man, I'd never thought about this guy. He was a good friend of mine. His name, is someone's name coming to you right now? Write it down. Come on, we can do this. We, we can do this. It's, 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 it's probably the easiest level of out of comfort zone we can get. So we're not saying go knock on a door and witness, turn or burn, <laughs> get saved or go to heaven. No, no, we're not saying do that. You know, we're not saying get into the lift and turn to everyone and say, why, you're wondering why I've called this meeting. No, 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 we're not saying that. We're just saying, you know, what about a notepaper? And just put it in their letterbox without your name on it. Could you do that? Out of your comfort zone. Once you start, if we can just start this train, well, I'd love to show that train again. I won't because I just like that train. It's, it's a big train, man. It's, it's big. It's going to take, that's what it's going to take to reach this nation. It's a massive train. I've never seen so many carriages. I'd love to go and see that train. I wonder where it is. I have no idea. Anyway, invite. Invite someone. Listen to this. Zechariah 3.10. In that day, says the Lord of hosts, everyone will invite his neighbor. Can we all say that? Everyone. Everyone will invite his neighbor. Tell the person next to you, that means you. Oh, it's pretty low-key. That means you there, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I'm running out of time. You all right, campuses? Includes you as well. Invite someone please, to your campus. If you don't think your campus is good enough, invite them to the West Campus. We're really good. <laughs> Just kidding, all right? Relax. Matthew 22, 9 and 10. Go into the highways and as many as, 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 many as you find, invite to Church Unlimited. Oh, that's what my version says. So those servants went out into the highways, gathered together all whom they found, both bad and, and good, See, bad and good, it doesn't matter what they're like, all right? Whether they're your neighbor or they're in prison, just invite them. You'd have to get released from the prison, I guess, to get them out, but anyway. So those servants went to the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. The building was too small. John 4, 28 to 30, 39, the woman left her water pot, went into the city, and said to the men, come, this is invite, come see a man who told me all the things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? She invited them, and they went out of the city, and they came to Jesus. Verse 39, many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of one woman. One woman who said, come and see this man who told me all that I ever did. One woman. And there was a massive harvest. Come, I think they say a city almost turned to Jesus because one woman got out of her comfort zone. See, it's time to shift, folks. It's time to move. We can't continue as we've always continued because we're going to get the same result, which is a nation going down the drain. We've got to change 
how we do things. God wants to use you now. Somebody's going to end up in your world each day that you can reach out to. Every day. Someone who needs your help. Ask God to open your eyes to see every opportunity and don't miss one moment. Because God, you know, we can be asleep and we can miss how God is waiting to use us today, tomorrow. So the danger is the church becomes a box that we never get out of. We're locked inside the four walls. But we need to bring a friend to Jesus. We need to bring a friend to church. We need to bring a friend to New Zealand and beyond because that's a form of evangelism really as well. So there's this pastor's on his way to church. He's having coffee. And then he says, he's talking to the guy for a while. He says, hey, why don't you come along to the church? The guy says, no. So he takes off and heads off to church to preach. He's heading to church. The Holy Spirit speaks to him and says, you're going to church, but you have no time for people. Go back. Oh, okay. So he goes back. Shares with the guy a little bit more and then says to him, look, I'm preaching and would be honored if you came. So he preached that night and the man came. Isn't that amazing? Eh? He came and he gave his life to Jesus. The next day he rings the pastor and he says, um, can I bring you? God's doing a lot in my life. Can I bring my wife? So he says, yes, you can. She comes along, she gets saved and the kids get saved. Following week, he calls the pastor again and says, God's doing a lot in my life. Can I bring my ex-wife? <laughs> it's cool, eh? Pastor said, you bring her. He said, bring anyone you can find. Bring everyone. So the ex-wife comes along. She gets saved. The stepchildren get saved. Within a month, they filled an entire section of the church from people he invited from his world. Now, come on, there are some, some people here today and in our campuses that you can fill a whole section of your church of west or, or, or north or wherever you are. There are people in our campuses anointed by God, filled with the Spirit, that have the capacity and the ability to fill a whole section of the church and bring people to Jesus. Friend, if you will get out of your boat, you have no idea what God may just do through your life. I got out of the boat years ago, and I mean, I'm still getting out of the boat, and it's just extraordinary. But that first step, just that first step tonight, I know folks, hey, campuses, you're all invited, by the way, come tonight, we'll change your life, all right? Kaitai, you're only four and a half hours away, and the way some of you drive, you get in three and a half. Come and join us. It's going to be powerful. Bring someone to Jesus. Matthew 16, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Now watch this. When you go out and invite or share Christ, watch what happens. And these signs will follow them that believe. Cast out demons, heal the sick. In other words, God will back us up with his power, with his presence, with his anointing. He'll be there to help us. So when this pastor that I mentioned, he said, God shook him up and basically said to him, stop waiting around to have church. The whole point of this thing is to be the church wherever you are, wherever you go. You can have church in your street, in your workplace, in your school, in your cafe, in the sports, anywhere. We are the church. When you turn up, church just turned up. God just turned up. You say, well, who's the preacher? You are. You preach with your life. You preach with how you behave. You preach with your integrity and your honesty. You are the church. Be the church tomorrow, wherever you go. 
Have church and see what God will do. I was in Napier recently and uh, I heard of this couple in the, in the church and God put it on them to start prayer walking their street. So they did it on a regular basis. And they said, we did it for a while. I don't know how long they did it for it. They said five families from their, church, from their street started to attend church and they didn't even invite any of them. They just prayed their street regularly. Campuses, all across our campuses, there are people sitting in our pews that have an anointing upon their life to walk their street on a regular basis, and families are going to be added to the church as they fulfill that ministry and mandate upon their lives. That may be, one, that may be you, and as I speak today, that I may be speaking directly to you, that you have that ability, and that you hardly have to get out of your comfort zone for that. I mean, who can't walk up and down a street? Well, if it's too hard to walk, drive up and down. <laughs> Bike up and down. Hey, do anything. Just go up and down the street. See, God's getting ready, friends, to do something. We're going to turn this nation around. <laughs> We're going to turn it, folks. We're going to turn it, but it's going to mean a step out of our comfort zone. Is anyone hearing the message today? Is, are we getting through? Are you ready to move? Right in the path. Lady came up to me. She thanked me. She said, oh, thank you so much for the New Zealand and Beyond Prayer Walk, the Nation Initiative. She said, it got us outside the four walls of our church. We had been struggling to get out and do something. She said, we're now so motivated. We're out there regularly, and we're you know, walking the streets, and just, we're just ministering outside the four walls of the church, friends. That's the impact of New Zealand and Beyond. Right in the park. I mean, people from all over the place are catching something of what we are trying to do. All right, better wind this up because my time is gone. Acts 2.47, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. See, he didn't add to the church without saving them, but he didn't save them without adding them to the church. There's a point there, folks. There's a point. Those who get saved should be added. That's the New Testament model. And this happened daily. Early Christians did not regard evangelism as an occasional activity. Day by day, day by day, people were added to the church. Every day, folks, every day. We need to recover this expectation. Not just people saved on Sunday, but every day, people coming to Christ. The result will be 10 times growth in 10 years. This building, your building, will be too small. Leave me astounded. Second wind is coming. Hoist the sails. It's time to step out, find new tracks, get out of the comfort zone. Supply lines will be open. In other words, whatever you need to do this, whatever you need to get out of your comfort zone and have an effective ministry, God will open up the supply lines. It might be of courage. It might be of finance. It might be of anointing. I don't know. Whatever it is, the supply lines are now going to be open. But I think you have to move.